Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad-free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life. Uh, by popular demand, I'm happy to say we have another Real Strengths uh, episode for all of you today. Uh, you know, I thought I was popular, and then we started interviewing Rachel Yeaman, and uh, my mail blew up, and my email blew up, and we got all these people taking their Real Strengths assessment on the It's a Good Life website, and I thought, okay, I, I hear you. And I know I'm getting bumped out here eventually, but uh, for right now, while I'm still able to come to the microphone, uh, we are going to dive into Real Strengths again today. And we have back from Dallas, Texas, the one and only Miss Rachel Yeaman. So we're excited. We, we, we had a chance to talk about communication. It seemed to really hit a nerve for people and the pragmatic and the aesthetic stuff and all that. And a lot of great feedback on the stories you shared. And today we're going to talk about the other two dynamics inside that real strengths. It's a little quick assessment. And it's called your selling style and your serving style. But it's more than what that sounds like, right? It's, it's your ability to persuade. It's your ability to connect. It's, it's how you, you know, approach and come to things. And, and even the, the work and the meaning and, and the service, your family, your loved ones, and, and the work that you do. So we want to dive into this uh, today. In the Real Strengths Assessment, that's right there. And for those of you listening for the first time, you go to itsagoodlife.com and we have a free assessment for you. And you just, you know, it's got a series of kind of cool questions. And then it'll share with you your communication style, your selling style, your serving style. You'll see cool videos, all kinds of stuff to help you along there. It's just a, it's the secret sauce of how we've coached people for the best part of 30 years. And one of the reasons we have such a great success rate is we get people to become aware of their natural abilities and strengths, leverage them to do better with them, and then also learn how to manage them so they don't do damage, you know, whether it's with relationships or customers or themselves, right? All three. All yes. of the above. And Rachel heads that up at Buffini Company. We have a whole department. Uh, we've invested millions of dollars to bring that assessment to the marketplace. So we're very excited for you guys to get your hands on that. So let's kind of talk about this. We, we use these terms. So let's, let's talk about them, service and sales. Let's talk a little bit. Why do we use those terms? What, what does it actually mean? If you were going to define to someone in the real strengths, we talk about communication. That's kind of obvious. Why do we use the term service and sales? And what does that mean to someone listening today? Yeah. So with, with, when it comes to the selling strength, this is how we show up in conversations with people. You know, we're negotiating, we're persuading, we're influencing an outcome or an experience in every interaction that we're having, whether we're aware of it or not. And if we're not aware... Take the assessment so that you become aware and know what you're doing. But selling really is, you know, this is this is how we influence an outcome. This is how we're able to get movement in life. This is not what it is not. It is not our way to be able to manipulate other individuals mm. into getting what we want. Right. And that's again, you, you know, you don't take long. You go on Instagram or TikTok or the books that are out there or the courses that are there. And it's just so wild today because everybody knows we got the goldfish nine seconds attention and it's here's how to get everything you want every time. And to me, that's someone who should be locked up somewhere, right? I mean, 
The people who get everything they want every time, as somebody I don't want to know, right? As dangerous dudes. But that's, okay, people go, oh, great, that's very expeditious. Let me, let me go get that. And we're talking about something on a far higher level than that, right? And so let's kind of walk through it. Um, we're going to start out with these selling strengths, right? And whether you're a pastor communicating a message, a mom trying to teach a kid, a business owner talking to their staff, or you're trying to communicate actually with a customer, let's talk about selling strengths. And so like we have pragmatic aesthetic, we have a similar kind of breakdown for the selling strengths. Talk to us about what those are and how to define them. Yes. So again, looking at that same spectrum, we've got motivator on one side and we've got facilitator on the other. And the split is about 61 motivators, 39% of the population more on the facilitative side. So When we break down what a motivator is, they truly motivate. Their motivation is to influence other people. They love the art of negotiation. They kind of get fired up and and jacked up with those opportunities. They desire to create momentum and energy and movement and forward progress. And they use a lot of words to do that. They do. A lot of energy to do that. Yeah, and they're they're gifted at it. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they can enroll people in a vision and in a mission better than anyone. I mean, I've had the honor to work under, you know, motivators for the last two decades. And man, you buy into where they want to go. And if you get somebody that you trust and you know their values and their mission are clear, I'm I'm here. Right. Well, and I'll talk about it. And obviously, I'm a motivator. It's the business I'm in. But uh, we'll talk about the downsides of that and how to manage that here as well, because it sounds like a great deal, except it can be very off-putting if not done the right way. So let's talk about the other. What do we have? We have motivators. What else do we have? Yep. Then we've got facilitators, and these are the patient listeners. These are the people that can ask brilliant questions. They lead with curiosity. They create an environment for other individuals to truly be able to problem solve at a high level. Um, Now... We also, though, have the flip side of some of these, right? You know, motivators, because they're so all in, that can lead to burnout. Facilitators on the other end, sometimes people need help making decisions. And so just creating an environment and asking questions might stagnate a process, might stagnate a conversation, might stagnate a project. So the first thing, as we always talk about, is this awareness, right? So we have a motivator facilitator. You understand where you fit. The second thing then is this ability to leverage, do more of it. So when you know you're a motivator, okay, great. So this is kind of how I'm wired. I'm, I am going to try to help somebody come to a conclusion. I am going to try to inject energy. I'm going to try to help movement take place. I'm a facilitator. Great. I'll, super. Because we all have grown up with the criticism of how we are. And so many facilitators are like, oh, I'm creating an environment, but the sales manager tells them they're not strong enough. They're not, you're not a closer. You're so on and so forth. So, okay, no, you create environments. Those are fantastic things. You, you inform and educate. You make people feel comfortable. Those are great things. There's a downside to both of these things, right? And so many people have been unmotivated by a motivator, right? So talk about the downside of a motivator. How does, it, how does a motivator do too much? You know, I, I think they try to push or, you know, again, when, when, when we're not managing ourselves, when we're not aware we get into more of that emotional reactivity, right? We're, we're basically trying too hard from a different perspective. And so I think it can turn into more of that coercive or shoving a square peg into a round hole. Like just, yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power as opposed to just pausing 
and saying, why is this so hard right now? What is getting in the way? And and maybe we just need to shift our approach slightly. A great example of this is uh, before I came into the recording studio today, I have a daughter who needs to make a big decision. She's making a career decision. And I ramped up. I've been working a little too much. So this is important, right? We know about our profile and our attributes that under stress and in extreme relaxation, we have a tendency to let go of our the controls of ourselves. And so I can find, I hear myself overly motivating her in this discussion. So, and I was in a bit of a time crunch and whatever else. So I texted my assistant, Jeanette, and said, hey, I need to push that recording back. Time out. I'm going to sit down with my daughter. I'm going to shut off the motivator. And now I'm going to go into facilitative mode, right? And this is, again, I'm around this decades, but this is how it shows up in real life. This is high skill, but this is great. Yeah. I make the time. Take away the pressure that's making me act out of the most extreme part of my, my own And attributes. lose the strength, like the purity of what makes you great and what she needs right, right now. So then I go, okay. And then I, I went into full facilitator mode. What do you think? You know, tell me what the upside of this is. Tell me what the downside of that. Having her talk through her decisions. What would be the plus of this? What would be the downsides of that? How do, would you go? And just ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. And then I left her with... Great. You got things to think about. You got things to pray about. I'll do the same. And then maybe we can get back together and see what we think. So there's an example. But I felt it. Now, I felt it because I've been exposed to you and this information for decades. But I've also learned how to manage myself. As opposed to talking through this whole thing and then getting totally frustrated when she tunes me up. And then I'm like, oh, she doesn't respect me as her father. She doesn't respect my, you know, all these people come from all over the world to hear my advice, but my own daughter doesn't, right? That, right? This is where we get to. And so as opposed to, no, I'm just overutilizing a strength, a real strength that I have. Now I'm managing that real strength and I'm coming from the other side. And so similarly. Well, and think about it as a muscle. You know what I mean? Like when we're working out, it's such an easy way for us to tangibly understand. But like there comes a point where working out that muscle there's a little discomfort, right? But you're doing it to build it stronger. However, when you're trying to force something to happen, that's when the injury takes place. That's when the burnout occurs. That's when you actually sideline yourself for six weeks because you're trying to do it out of your own strength, not the purity of the ability. Right. Uh, Joseph Wong says, influence is the compass, but persuasion is the map. And as we talk about the selling style, right? It's about persuasion. And I'm helping my daughter, not persuading her to where I want to go, but influencing the conversation. And so we take a look at that. What's the downside of the facilitator? Yeah, you, I mean, be, because they are these patient listeners, they need to also, though, understand that half the population or a little more than half the population is wired differently than them. And so potentially the the asking of questions can come across like they're not as competent right. as they really are and almost discredit their own expertise in the process. Sometimes people actually need some verbal sparring to right. go back and forth to be able to make a decision. And so you can have two people at a stop sign, you know, four way stop, just waving right. each other through and nobody's moving. Well, here's a great That doesn't example. serve anybody. You, you'll love this story, right? So I love learning this stuff. I love applying this stuff. So my bride and I, I'm a motivator. She's a facilitator. So we decided this time last year, we're going to buy cars, right? So I go in and I'm, I'm a rapid guy. I'm a motivator. 
pragmatic. I walk in. I have a relationship with the salesperson. I call them ahead of time. Hey, I'm coming in. You're my guy. I bought cars from me before. Uh, you know, have a couple things lined up. I go in. He had four cars that were all showroom cars, right? I'm the showman. So here's the four best cars we have on the lot. At the time, there was overbidding on cars. He said, Mr. Buffini, I already put in a deposit on this one just in case you wanted it. I go, look, yeah, great. I like that one. You want to test drive it? If we have to. No, I really want to show you how it works and all that. Great. We go in, boom. Great. How quick can I get out of here? Love the car. And by the way, I I enjoy the car more now. And I realize, oh, man, this thing was really a good purchase. My bride's a facilitator. So I know that same method isn't going to work for her. So I actually took her to a different dealership. And the salesman was a wonderful guy. And he was just like her. And he was a facilitator. And he gave her information. And he educated her. He showed her all the technology. I actually was with her. And then I would pop out and make calls. and do Because I am like literally dying. If I'm going to find out what every button does. And all these, the map. And she's all into it. And they're reading the manuals together. And they're going through this whole thing. And so on and so forth. And he created a wonderful environment. He spent two and a half hours with her. And thankfully, I had a lot of work to do in the parking lot. And then I come back in and check in her once in a while and see if we're getting any closer. And at the end of the time, he created this wonderful environment. He educated her. She had a really good feeling about the guy. And I go, what do you want to do? She goes, well, I just want to think about it a little bit more. And he gave me some literature to go home. So she's like, I have to read this literature he gave me. So we're walking out the door. And I said to him, I said, look, I really appreciate you took care of my wife. I said, can I ask you a question? Do you ever feel like you miss out on sales? And his face turned bright red. He goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I kind of help a lot of salespeople. It's one of the things I do. And he goes, I love to help people. I love to serve people. I want them to buy the right car. But he said, I often hear stories of them buying a car from someone else. And I said to him, just so you know, I was about to call my salesman to get my wife a car. And I said, the reason being is that I don't have another two and a half hours when I come back here. I said, you did a great job. But I said, my wife needs help in making a decision. And so you did a great job, but you didn't do the ultimate job, which was not provide her even more information. She needs a little nudge to make the decision. And so I said, hon, you know, if, would it be okay if you didn't have to read those papers? We came back and out of the car. She says, yeah, okay. And she went in and she was, she was like, almost like I didn't do my homework. And he's like, and he's looking at me. And he said, Mrs. Buffini, like, is, your husband says you really like the car. Yes, I really do. Would you like to take the car? I kind of had to tell him to say that. And she goes, yeah, here's the thing. He was about to lose another sale. He, and he was a wonderful guy who treated my wife great. I needed the rapid motivator because that's how I am. She needed the facilitator. But this facilitator sometimes can be like, you know, the wallflower at the dance that won't get up and dance because they're just waiting to be asked. And so he created the environment and then created the environment and created the environment and then missed out on the sale. And I had to, now because of what you've taught me and how I've learned this process, I knew what I was dealing with the whole time. She's a facilitator, he's a facilitator, and it's like a snail going on a date with a turtle. You know what I mean? Like, they're never going anywhere. And, like, and nobody was getting their needs met. That, yeah. I think, is like the bottom line. Yeah. She needed a car. He yeah. wasn't here trying to push something on yeah. her that she didn't need. She had a need, right. but she needed the nudge. So his greatest fear was being perceived as the pushy salesperson, right? And the other guy, uh, he just needs to make sure that he listens. And so that's, as you, as you talk about that, right, that's selling style. We all have that. And in the business world, you know, you, you know, you have to be aware. Like, now, what's one of the things that's interesting, as you well know, with our database, 
is I'm this motivator who's attracted to himself an awful lot of facilitators. I'm this pragmatic person, as you well know, and we talked about last time, who's attracted more of my clients are aesthetic than pragmatic. And that's because as I'm the lead spokesman for our organization, or if I'm on stage communicating over the past 27 years, I know how to be myself fully, but then also realize there's other people who are wired up differently and I have to communicate the way they need to be communicated with. And that's really what the magic of this whole thing is. Well, and that's that's what Real Strengths does. That's what Buffini Coaching does. You know, I was working with a client who is more facilitative in nature and she really struggled to ask, just asking for a referral. Now, she got enough because of her relationships with clients and things like that and had a good business. But after one of your bold predictions, she put together a market uh, update video and just sent it out to her entire database with a market analysis for everyone and asked if you know of anyone who would benefit from this type of service or this value or this information, let me know. 12 weeks later, she's $147,000 richer (laughs) because all these pragmatics in her business were like, oh gosh, yeah, I have somebody like you never asked though. Yeah, It was just that small, subtle little, oh, by the way, at the end of a video message that she emailed out, it took her 10 minutes. But she hadn't asked. Now, obviously when, when you're a facilitator, you build up all this integrity. When you're a motivator, you build up all this energy. Right. And so the ability to be able to connect and kind of dance with that's a powerful thing. And that's why, again, I say, take the real strengths assessment, go through the questions. It's a, it's a fabulous process. We, we've done tens and tens of thousands of these profiles over the years and then took two years breaking that all down almost like in an artificial intelligence way to find out what people actually moved and where they moved. And uh, you led the team doing that. And it's been spectacular. So we, we covered those selling strengths a little bit, and there's a lot, obviously a lot more to that. Let's talk about this dynamic of serving strengths and give us kind of a quick overview of what those are. Yeah, you know, serving, I think, through just the naming there is, it's the value that you bring in working with other people, the way that you are truly able to serve your community, serve people that you work with on your team, serve a project or a task that that you're working on. And so again, we've got create on one side of the spectrum, and then we've got finalize on the other side of the spectrum. And this is a real close split. We're at 49% of the population are create mm-hmm. and 51 finalize. So okay. a real even match there. Now creates are more designed to start. They get excited At the beginning, the new, like just the innovation of what is possible, it just it fires them up. And I I keep using the word energized because that's truly it. It's what it's what gets them fired up and motivated. Now, the opposite of that is when you're aware of what what fires you up, you also need to be aware of what will drain you. Right. And then you can manage that. So. That's great. Now we've got finalize on the other end. And and these people love to bring things to closure. They love to cross things off of that to-do list. They love to take someone else's vision and actually bring that to fruition. So I think this is one of those strength sets where it is so easy to see how much both of those need to exist in this world. Like the value that is so clear, but you got to be working together. You got to be mindful of who you are and then the dance and create some systems around it to manage it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, we had Pat Lancioni on as a guest and Pat is definitely a create and loves to create. He's an idea factory in his business, in his life. 
Uh, he's just a lot of joy and energy to be around. But he realized he had to surround himself with other types of people. Fulfillment, to right? do the work. To yes. get it done. Because here's what happens is, you know, you can sometimes recognize a create because they got a bunch of unfinished projects at their house. They got a bunch of unexecuted ideas in their businesses. And the next thing you know, the team doesn't believe in the idea anymore. And the next time they come up with an idea, they're steaming that it's met with any type of resistance. And, and now it's like, you know, the, the old kid story, the boy who cried wolf. And now it's the boy who cried idea. And so we have to be able to create. I, a great example of this is I had a couple at our events and they were in the coaching program and she was like, you got to fix him type conversation, right? And I'm like, yeah. I said, okay, what's up? But he, he was kind of up for it. And she's like, he just starts things and never finishes things. And he just starts things and never finishes things. And, you know, and she was obviously a big finisher and she felt like she was fixing up behind him all the time. Cleaning up on aisle five. Yeah. So they had five acres and he had this mower, right? This riding mower and so on and so forth. And he'd get on and he'd ride around and he'd start cutting the grass. And then he'd notice the, the flange on the machine didn't work real well. So now he'd bring it into the garage and he'd start fixing the flange. And then he'd start designing a different flange. And then, you know, he comes in at night and, oh, we could do this. And I'm going to actually try to patent this and sell it back to John Deere. And, but in the meantime, the grass wasn't done. And so I came up with a little game for him on his projects which is to start over again. So I so said, well, imagine you got your five acres, okay? And I, I had a little, you know, it was a big rectangle. I drew out of it for him. I said, imagine you start this whole thing. You just do the outside and you leave it, leave it alone. Now, your wife's going nuts because she wants the grass finished. But I said, that's where I want you to do. I said, the next day I want you to come back and do the next one. And you get where this is going. It's like a series of concentric rectangles. And eventually it was all done. And he kind of got the gist of it. And then I said, well, how about you do that for your business? And how about you prioritize your projects, prioritize your ideas. Let me ask you, what's the best idea you have? You said, well, that's a, that's a million dollar idea. And what about this one? Well, it's a $40,000 idea. And the wife goes, that's the one he spends all his time on. So I go, oh, great. I said, how about you spend your time on the million dollar idea? And uh, I said, let's do with that what you did with your yard. Let's create a series of, okay, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start here, start it. Now my energy's done. Great. Then the next day I'm going to start here on the next part of that idea. So that was kind of my... It's brilliant, though, because it was a, con- at that. a constant state of new, of start, and, and that's where he's energized. And so the fact that he was aware and you were aware... So finalized people sometimes have a problem starting, which is, by the way, this was a couple. She was all about finalized. He was all about creating. One of my sons is total all about finalized. I find myself having lots of brainstorming late night sessions with him on how to create. And then once he knows where to start, he's off to the races. Uh, sometimes people who have finalized in their profile are accused of being lazy or dreamers or right those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to the finalized people a little bit and where they get stuck. Yeah, you know, I, I think that you finalize individuals, you thrive with deadlines. You really do. And so when you have that, you're going to hit it every time. Again, like your closure focus, your completion, like you are the killer workhorse to get the job done, but you got to have that bookend so that you know when you start. Um, Celebrate wins. That's the other thing that I would say. And and know where you're not going to be at your highest level of energy and have things that you can look forward to. Um, I have a a partnership story where the wife was create 
and the husband was finalized. She would front load her week. She would get all of her calls done by Tuesday afternoon and go and look at him. And he'd be like, I haven't even started yet. And it would stir up a lot of fear in her, to be quite honest, because she would think he doesn't have my back and he's not going to get the job done. And all of this can't rest on my shoulders. And I'm the only one. I'm the breadwinner. And so all we did for him, he loved golf. He was a former, former golfer. All he needed to do was set up foursomes for every single Friday. And it felt like a fun Friday to him. He's doing business with people every single day. And after one year of just this subtle change of her being able to front load her week with activities and him being able to have something that he looks forward to with a deadline, they did two and a half times the the business that they had ever done before just in 12 months by that small, subtle adjustment. And beyond the money, which is great, don't get me wrong, think about what that marriage how that transformed that marriage, like what their actual day to day home and work life looked like, as opposed to nagging and fear and lack of peace. And you're not doing enough. And, and him rolling in the dough, golfing on Fridays, (laughs) she's having happy hour with girlfriends, like living their best life now. And so it's again, awareness. Yeah. Leverage it. And then also manage around it. We'd have people who say I can create and I finalize. Explain that to me a little bit. Yeah. You know, again, it comes down to motivation. And then the other side of that is what's the hardest part? What's the part where you feel like you lose steam? You know, for me, it is definitely middle of the week. And, and so I know that, and my husband and I do in-house date nights. Kids are asleep upstairs, no babysitter needed in-house, but we're both exhausted. Like he is a finalized person. I'm create and finalized. But so we know that middle of the week is tough for both of us. Nobody wants to make a decision. So we have a date night jar and the date night jar tells us what to do so that nobody has to make a decision, but we stick to our values. You need to know where your energy is going to be low and create systems to support that. And then you have something to look forward to. What would be an example of that, say, in somebody's business yeah. or team? Well, I, th- I think sometimes it's, okay, when you're done with all of your calls, You've won the week. What's your reward? Like, what are you going to give yourself? You have to have this carrot that you can dangle. Or again, for this client, it was doing the golf on a Fridays. Have something that actually structures around as a celebration so that you're able to look forward to the week, look forward to the dips in energy, and then just restart or get some closure and get that dopamine hit crossing something off your list. That's brilliant. I need you to do couples therapy with our producer and me, David Lally. You know, he's gotten some phenomenal guests and I go, man, you could take the rest of the week off. And he looks at me like I'm insane. You know, I'm like, but that was like, that was great. And we did this and we did that. So it's like you say, it is important. And even understanding that, that, you know, you can have a sense of accomplishment no matter how you're wired, that, you know, the way you're wired is the way you're designed, right? I mean, you know, we're both people of faith and we believe there's a a great creator behind the whole thing. That's the fingerprints are on us. And what the most hard thing about this and is that people come to believe, you know, I remember the t-shirt, God doesn't make any junk, but people feel like they are junk. And, and here's why, is a pragmatic, motivator, create father can have an aesthetic, facilitative, finalized child. And why can't you be more like your sister? You know, why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be more like me? And there's a lot of damage has been done over the years where, you know, you talk about celebrate the differences. People don't celebrate the differences. 
And so that's why I think what you're doing is so crucial, what this information is so valuable. Why I'd say like, and again, we know the real strength is a little appetizer to get the ball rolling. And we've backed it up with videos and, you know, just go to itsagoodlife.com. Take your free assessment. Find out these things about yourself. Find out these things about your loved ones, your family, your team. Start to utilize these things with your customers. Oh, okay. My customer is pragmatic. My customer is aesthetic. My customer is a finalized person. And I'm over here talking about the creative things I'm going to do to market their house. And they really want to know how I'm going to finish it. So learning these things. As you go through this, you've coached so many people. You've trained in this. You've studied for this. This is who you are. What's your best advice to people, whether it be motivators, facilitators, pragmatics, aesthetics, or even create finalized? What's your best advice for people as far as how to go through their business, how to go through their life armed with the information of their real strengths? Well, one, don't be unaware. Like you need to know because when you've got that gift of awareness, you can then speak directly to the fear. Then you can pay attention to the thoughts that are not healthy, the the feelings that are starting to creep up notice some behavior that might not be moving in the actual direction that you want to go. I think so often like that partnership story, when we see somebody that's wired differently or when their brain doesn't work the same way ours does, which spoiler alert, no one's two brains work exactly the same. We get into this reactive fear-based state and it robs us of our peace. It can destroy relationships and, and it's not necessary. And so be aware take note. And, and when you have that, all of a sudden, just that awareness right there of knowing who you are and how other people might be wired. I challenge everybody listening today, pay attention to the world around you. I think it's going to look a little bit greener, mm-hmm. smell a little more rosy every single day, because you're going to realize that that fear, that weight that's been on your shoulders is not gone, but it is not as heavy as it's been because you know that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with them. And then these small adjustments, these tips that we give you in in the content, my goodness, they're so realistic. They're so easy to implement tomorrow. You're going to realize that this isn't going to take a massive effort or we're not going to have to go to therapy for a year to get this fixed. While I'm an advocate of all of that, sometimes it really is just small, tiny, subtle adjustments that give you all the freedom in the world. Or a paradigm shift. What exactly? And so not, oh my gosh, you're junk. Number two, some another person's motivations are not what maybe we think they are. Yeah, and often we can extend not. an awful lot more grace. We could even receive a bit more grace by becoming aware of what our strengths are, aware of what other people's strengths are, and then on the journey we've been on with coaching all these years is how to manage, how to get the best out of yourself, and then also how to withhold and manage those. You know, it's a brake pedal, it's a gas pedal, and it's a clutch, and uh, that's what we've done for many, many years. If you enjoy hearing Rachel, you want to hear more from Rachel, reach out to me. If you have a question you'd love to hear from Rachel, reach out to me. If you want to hear more, maybe you want to even have us do an episode where you get to ask your questions to Rachel. You reach out to me. We'd love to know. We're here to serve you. We appreciate you. Rachel, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for using your gifts here today. I think we helped a lot of people. And speaking of helping a lot of people, I'm going to talk to one of the guys that helps me a lot, Mr. David Lally, our producer, who's got something to share with everyone. Thanks a lot, Brian. Love this. Uh, very helpful as always. And I have to say, I'm thrilled that we have an onboard uh, therapist uh, on our show now. I think uh, things are just going to get so much better.
Brian, you mentioned the free Real Strengths assessment. Head over to it's a goodlife.com to get yours or share it with someone who maybe needs to um, know themselves a little better. We'll see you next time. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.